Hello listeners this is Aditya Shri Mankar welcome to a new episode of Investing Fundas Investing Fundas curates investment ideas economic data and business news from India and abroad and presents the best bits to you in just a few minutes This podcast is for information purpose only and is not intended to be investment advice In today's episode I'll be featuring the following topics. Number 1. Growing concerns with family offices globally. Number 2. Features of companies with moats. Number 3. Burton Malkiel on efficient markets. And number 4. My startup idea of the week. Global finance is being transformed as billionaires get richer and cut out middlemen by creating their own family offices. These are personal wealth in personal investment firms that roam the global markets looking for opportunities. Largely unnoticed, family offices have become a force in investing with up to 4 trillion dollars worth of assets. That's more than hedge funds and equivalent to 6% of the value of the world's stock markets somewhere between 5000 and 10000 family offices are based in america and europe and in asian hubs like singapore and hong kong the rise of family offices reflects soaring inequality since 1980 the share of the world's wealth owned by the top 0.01% has risen from 3% to 8% more than double now as the founders of family firms receive dividends or the proceeds of ipos they usually deploy the cash but since the financial crisis there has been a loss of faith in external money managers rich clients have taken a closer look at private banks as high fees and murky incentives and bought family offices weight in financial system therefore looks likely to rise further as it does the objections to them will rise exponentially the most obvious of these is the least convincing that family offices have created inequality they are a consequence not its cause nonetheless there are concerns and one in particular that is worth worrying about The first is that the family offices could endanger the stability of the financial system combining very rich people opacity and markets can be explosive the second worry is that family offices could magnify the power of the wealthy over the economy and this is very much possible if bill gates were to invest exclusively in turkey he would own 65% of its stock market but it is a third danger that has the most bite that family offices might have privileged access to information deals and tax schemes allowing them to outperform ordinary investors so far there is little evidence for this the average family office returned 16% in 2017 and 7% in 2016 if all this did lead to an entrenched unfair advantage the effect when compounded over decades would make wealth inequality disastrously worse
identifying companies with moats requires an investor to have a lot of experience. Not just experience, but it requires one to be patient and rigorous in their approach. Sometimes moats are not easily visible and many times they are not even sustainable. Still, you know, there are some of the features of companies with with moats. One, they have a strong brand. A brand that cannot be replaced from its position in consumers' minds is is a moat. For example, take Maggie. Maggie is a strong brand from Nestle. After going into trouble in 2015 when it was declared unsafe for consumption, Maggie bounced back and regained its lost market. Such is the brand strength of Maggi that it has become synonymous for noodles category itself, for ready-made noodles. Number two is great distribution. Companies require many years to spread spread its distribution. That's why companies with a widespread distribution are in a prime position. Like Pepsi with a product like Kurkure. It's a product that looks omnipresent. Wherever you are in India, you can easily pick up a pack of Kurkure. Number three, high followership. When numerous people congregate on a network, it increases the value of the network itself. So much that others who are not a part of that network are compelled to join it. Think of Facebook and Twitter or even LinkedIn or WhatsApp. Number four, high switching cost. If it's difficult to switch from something to another, the former can be said to have a moat. Take Microsoft Windows for example. Windows is run on so many computers and so many of us have grown accustomed to it that switching to a different operating system becomes very difficult. And number five, low cost. A low cost producer can drive its competitors out of business. It can sell its product at thin margins which its competitors cannot emulate. The low cost advantage is especially relevant when the product itself is not the differentiator. For instance, take the steel business. Steel is a commodity. A low cost producer has an edge in the business. Burton Malkiel the popular author and investor explains what an efficient market is. Efficient markets, he says efficient markets does not mean that the price of every security at every moment in time is correct. In fact, prices are always wrong. Let's say that the stocks are valued as the present value of all dividends you expect to receive from them in the future. Well, that's a key element. It's in the future. He says that it was Yogi Berra and lots of other people that said that it's hard to make predictions, especially about the future. And so, prices are always going to be wrong. And the problem is we don't know at any time whether they are too high or too low. The best evidence that markets can't be terribly inefficient is that when you look at active managers as a group, you look at actively managed mutual funds, There are a few who outperform, of course, but it's always two-thirds of the active managers who are beaten by a simple index that does nothing but buys and holds all the stocks. And the one-third that beat the index in one period aren't the same ones who beat it in the next period.
And now, time for my startup idea of the week. This week's startup is The Soul Store. While e-commerce offers a large selection than offline retail possibly can, pop culture merchandise in India is not a very strong category yet. The Soul Store is an online brand selling quirky pop culture merchandise since 2013 when three youngsters from Mumbai left their cushy 9-5 jobs to put their love for Star Wars into a business. As of 2017, the Soul Store had 5 lakh customers with 1000 plus orders per day and 60-70 to customers from the top 7 cities in India. In the US, licensing is a market worth $250 billion compared to India where a few small players are there but no market leader. The Soul Store has tied up licensing deals with big brands like Marvel, DC Comics, WWF, Cartoon Network and various TV shows and sports teams to sell their products like t-shirts, mobile phone cases, backpacks, mugs, etc. on their platform. The Soul Store target audience is in the age group of 16 to 30 years, a bulk of which is middle class, the biggest segment in India. While customer acquisition in e-commerce costs up to thousands of rupees, the Soul Store boasts of customer acquisition costs that's much lower than the industry norm at rupees 100. The Soul Store does marketing and inventory management as well as designing for their products, but no manufacturing as good quality products need massive capital. This has been their biggest challenge. Their biggest challenge is the capital required to scale their business, which they recently received in November 2018 from RPSG Ventures, who have invested $3 million in two separate tranches. This is expected to ease their capital constraints for inventory investments, upfront money to invest in merchandising licenses, and their team and operational size for organizational constraints. And now, time for my mutual fund tip of the week. When an investor is looking to invest in a specific theme or a sector or for a fixed time period, then he can choose a closed-end mutual fund. This fund is advantageous for a fund manager in a bullish market because the redemption is done only at the time of maturity and the fund manager is not forced to sell the fund investments. And now time for Warren Buffett's quote of the week. He says, for some reason, people take their cues from price action rather than from values. What doesn't work is when you start doing things that you don't understand or because they worked last week for somebody else. The dumbest reason in the world to buy a stock is because it's going up. Thank you all for listening in. Invest wise, invest safe, invest profitably. Visit equisearch.in for more podcasts and blogs.